is number 14. Yesterday was 13. We'll do a review of yesterday's. Don't forget to today's. We're learning for Shalema for Amy Bastvara. Who was it? Tina Bashalom. Tina Bashalom for Shalema. The Baba. Okay. You can add Crane and Batsvizev. Oh, Crane Okay. Okay. All right. So we're uh, starting our review from the uh, the activities that can be done on Cholamoid, and um, so we talked about uh, fishing out the uh, the the flax from the soaking. So I still didn't. I guess I didn't Google it. What, uh, what? How long does flax need to be soaked? I have no idea. You know what? That was a little bit of an unreasonable question. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, but there's something called too much also. <laughs> too much is too much. It's not good. It's not good. So it's a window. So that's why you have to do it. So the Shiloh was that, uh, what, what is the, uh, we know that if a, in all these activities, you're not supposed to specifically save it to do on Cholomoy. That's really wrong attitude. Now, what if you did? But uh, the person who did it passed away, and now the question is, does the kanas continue on to the son? <coughs> That's the shaila that uh, Rav Yermia asked Rav Zera. Very interesting question. He said, look, when it comes to other examples where we do penalize the son for the sins of the father, there, there's a reason over there. So like, for instance, by the, uh, some, the father puts a blemish on, the, on a b'chor so that he can benefit. He doesn't have to be stuck as a korban. Um, the son also loses it, and that makes a lot more sense. It's a isra raisa. It's a lot worse, a lot more severe. This is not. This is only rabbinic, so maybe it's not a, not as severe. And if, and also another law that says if you sell your slave to a gentile, even if the slave somehow gets out, you um, he gets out free. You have to. But the point being is is that the, there's a kenas on the father. The kenas extends to the son as well. But that's also because. Although maybe it doesn't fit into the category of Daraisa, but the bottom line is you're withheld you're withholding your slave from being who's obligated in mitzvahs from doing the mitzvahs. That's also a very serious thing. But the Shaila is over here, it's not quite on the level of those two scenarios. So is the knas on the person and the person's no longer here. He's uh, no longer with us. And um, and uh, or is it on the on the item and the item is still here, so therefore the knas is still here. So that's the Shaila. So it's presented. So we brought a Raya from another example that's more similar. Cases, they have a field that uh, you remove the, the thorns from the, from the field or during the Shemitah year. You are allowed to plant right after. But uh, if you improve the field, then you're not allowed to plant Motzeh And Rabbi Yosef B'chanina says that if the person who improved the field dies, the son could plant on that field after in the, in, you know, the year after the Shemitah, which tells us that the Knas goes to the father, not to the son, and that would be the same thing over here. Okay. Um, comes along Abaye, says that if somebody is metame, somebody else's things, he makes it impure, okay? He put a dead carcass on the other guy's stuff, now it become basically inedible, pretty much, okay? Prohibited to use, or whatever it is, very limited, and then the person who did so dies. So the Chachamim say, so we also don't give a knas. The son doesn't, even though he would have to pay for that, 
We don't make the sun pay. The reason why is because really each and pay only it's a hezek sheinu nikar. It's a non-noticeable hezek, non-noticeable damage. So therefore, it's lo shmei hezek. It uh, doesn't qualify as a hezek. But the knas, the rabbis gave it knas, but they only gave the knas to the father, not to the son. And therefore, the son would not have to pay off that debt from the father. That's the story. Next Mishnah, you're not allowed to buy houses, slaves, an animal, unless you need them for the holiday. It's not the time to go shopping, okay? Um, I still remember that, uh, <laughs> whatever, there's an idea, if there's a special mifta, special sale, that, you know, that's a different story. You know, like, uh, it's maybe a dover avud, but the point being is, it's not the time to go shopping, okay? So, Rav, as Rav Nachman... put out any sales. Huh? No, but the Jewish not, storekeeper doesn't have to make sales. Right, the Jewish storekeeper. No, but let's say if it's not, they're not Jews and it, uh, there's something that you really had your eye on which is, is worth $1,000 and it's on sale for 50 bucks clearance. Right, so that's... That's have some room. Right, that's what I'm saying. There's a special exception if there's a sale that's or a, that's a loss. Yeah, the ladies will yeah, they know about them. They, they, this is one thing you'd see that the women somehow are they're very all, learned in. They're always concerned about saving money. For saving money, right, right. <laughs> right. Hey, hey, right. I hear sarcasm. I hear sarcasm. So you can be looking for a special during those days? You're not, I'm not saying you're supposed to look for them. If they come your way... Comes around, goes around. All right. Anyway, so the question that uh, Rava asked Rav Nachman in the Gemara, very interesting question. Well, we know that we make an exception. That if, what if the sometimes we we allow the Mishnah says that we'll make an allowance if the seller needs food to put food on the table. So like he needs food for his yomtiv meal, so he has to make a sale. So in that case, you can sort of accommodate so that he can have his food. You know what I mean? You gotta. Think about him, okay? Think about the other side. Now, so the question is, what about, do we apply such logic to Scharpula, to work? A worker who, uh, his money is basically because of for labor. Um, really, I, I shouldn't be having him do work for me on, you know, on Cholomoyd, but he needs it for food, so maybe I'm allowed. That's the question. Do we make an exception? So, first we thought, what's the difference? You know, if the seller needs to sell because he doesn't have what to eat, so isn't that coming to include even the, such a scenario? So, the says, maybe not. Maybe that's different. So, Abaye brought a question. Okay, if somebody, we said that you're not allowed to write documents. The scribe is basically on vacation during Cholomoyed. He doesn't write Shtarichov in Cholomoyed. But what if the guy... Um, you don't trust him. You know he needs the money, and I don't, but I don't trust him without a without a proper document, and I need it written up. Um, or he or he doesn't have what to eat, so then we can write it. Um, now, what does it mean? He doesn't have what to eat. Isn't that talking about other cases of where he doesn't have what to eat? Even Scharpula, so the Gemara says, yeah, that seems to be a nice raya. Comes along Rav Sheshes, and he says, but the Chacham say that there's only three. Professions that we allow them to work on Erev Pesach. Three jobs that normally Erev Pesach is really like a quasi-holiday, you're not supposed to be working, but definitely exceptions for these three scenarios where there's a great need on Erev Pesach for these jobs. Uh, the tailor, he, everyone's got their new suit and they need somebody to put a ham on. Okay? The barber, because you've got to get your hair cut in, you know, you've got a sphere coming. 
and uh, the launderers. You want clean clothes, okay? They didn't have doctors back then. Why? They didn't have doctors. No, doctors are not important. They it's, were the barbers. Uh, the, the barbers. The barbers. Right? They're also the blood, blood letters. The blood letters. The blood right, blood barbers, blood letters. Blood letters. It's, right, went together. It's the same thing. You want a haircut the and you want... Make no a living, so the, he a haircut and a heart transplant at the same time. Yes, it's okay. Two for one. Two for one. They blood and they cut your ear. until midday. Now, what's the story? So the the tailor is um, you're allowed to do some tailoring work even on Cholamoid if you need if you're not a professional, a barber and a launderer you're allowed to do that if you're coming from overseas. So uh, the, with, there's that. So if you can apply this same svara, so um, you know if you come from overseas or out of jail, you get out of jail. So um, you're allowed to get a haircut on Cholamoid because you didn't have a chance to do that before. <laughs> But the point being, if scarpula is uh, because he doesn't have what to eat is permitted, so then shouldn't that basically give you a blank check, basically a carte blanche for everything? So uh, uh, because there's a scarpula scenario where it would be allowed if he doesn't have what to eat, where that activity would be actually permissible. So Rabbi Papa says, well, let's take it a step further. Um, we shouldn't be allowed to build anything. Why? Because if a wall is leaning into the public domain, so then you're, you're allowed to knock it down and build it up on Cholamoid. And um, another example, a, a cipher should be allowed to, to write because you're allowed to write a, 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 a kiddushin, a star kiddushin, or a get, or a receipt. So, but basically, you, you got everything's going to be allowed according to that. So Rabashi says, you you got to understand there's a basic principle over here. They're not the same thing. Cholamoyed has one criteria that it's looking towards, and Erev Pesach is a whole different criteria. When it comes to Cholamoyed, the issue is Tircha. You don't want to be too busy with something. If there's a loss, if there's a real need, then we, we, we make an exception. Okay. However, when it comes to Erev Pesach, it's a whole different thing. The question is, is it needed for Yom Tif? Do I need this for Yom Tif? And if it's anything that's a real need for Yom Tif, that's where the allowance is. And uh, basically, that's the bottom line. Yes. How much can you demolish? How much can you rebuild? You couldn't do either a big amount or a big fence because you would be exhausted. That's the no, but so, you have to again every like we said the whole masechta everything's a balance. If you have a dangerous wall that's leaning into the public domain, it's an accident base. waiting to happen. You gotta you gotta knock it down. Now are you gonna rebuild it or not? To what Ow. to what level can you rebuild it? That's a discussion. But the point being is is that if we don't let him rebuild it, he's not gonna take be willing to away. take the danger away. That's exactly that's a big it's a bigger that's overriding concern there. Okay. Next thing is it's not the time to start cleaning out your house 
on on Chalamayit. To empty your house from here and bring it to a different house, put your stuff in storage. It's a big job, not a fun job, and uh, definitely not not the right thing to do on Chalamayit. But what you could do is take it and put it out into the Chatzah. Um, you can bring your stuff home from the Uman on Cholomite, but if you don't trust them, so then you can bring it, but don't bring it home, bring it to somewhere else. Okay. So the question is, it sounds like in the ratio you're not allowed to be Mafana at all, and then you say you're allowed to bring it to the Chatzah. What's the deal? The answer is, is that if you have a house that's in this same Chatzah, then you're actually just bringing it to your yard. That's not the same thing as emptying it from house A to house B, which is problematic. Now, What's the story with bringing stuff home? So Rapapa said, asked, uh, says that Rava asked the Tamitim a uh, question, a test, test question, okay? Um, you're not allowed to bring Kalim from the base of Uman. Um, so uh, what about this? Uh, I, I, it says that you can bring, you can bring to and bring home Kalim mi base Uman, even though it's not Litzor Chamoid. So what's the answer? That's the question, and he asked them what's the answer. So the answer that the Talmudim said is that maybe there's a difference. Once on the 14th, on Erev Beizach, that you're allowed to do that, but not on Cholomoed. We're talking about Cholomoed, they're talking about Erev Beizach. Mm-hmm. One answer. Answer number two, it says it's both Cholomoed. One is where you trust him, one is where you do not trust him. So you can't leave it by him. And... Um, and um, I, the Brisa, says that you're allowed to bring Kalim mi beis uman, like it says, a jug from the jug maker, uh, a, a glass from the glazier, but not non-finished products where I anyway can't do anything with it. So it's not the time to just bring it. Unless, I, and if I don't trust him, I mean, this is not a, a kasha, this is a support to this idea. But if I trust him, I could take it to somewhere, I could pay him. Well, if I... Well, if he needs the money, I can pay him right away and leave it by him. But if I don't trust him, then I can leave it next door to him. If I don't trust the people next door, so then I can bring it quietly to my house. But anyway, the point being is it sounds pretty clear that there is this idea of trust. If you don't trust him, then you won't be allowed to bring it home. Problem is, is that it doesn't really answer the question because we said, it only explains why you would be able to bring it home, not why you'd be allowed to bring it there. So it must be that the real answer is the first answer that we make it to, to, that you're allowed to bring and take home on Erev Pesach. On Cholomoid, you're really, it's limited in what you can bring home. Which brings us to the next Mishnah. Um, we said that you can cover up your cut uh, fruit that you're drying with straw. And Rebuta says you could even do a thick covering. And uh, people who sell uh, things like fruit, clothing, kalim, they can only sell bitsina, meaning it's not, they're not open like regular for business. Um, also, the trappers, the people who grind the beans, whatever, cut it, chop it, chop it down, into, they process things for you. Um, <laughs> and the be- so they can do that all their work also quite privately. Now, Rabbi Yossi says, that they were strict on themselves. We'll see what that means. So the first thing is, Rav Chibar and Rav Asi argue, both quoting Rav Chizki and Rav Yochanan, what is mechapin, what is ma'abin? So mechapin is a thin layer, according to one, and ma'abin means thicker. And the other opinion is, no, even mechapin means a thick layer, and uh, ma'abin means that it's ma'amish piled up. It's like a, a, a high pile. 
Now, uh, we brought down that, uh, like the second version, that Imavim means to make a decree, and that's Rebuda who allows that. Now, um, selling, the seller can sell Betzina. So the Shiloh was, is when it says that they were Machman themselves, what does it mean? That they didn't do it at all, even though they were allowed, or that they did Betzina. So we brought a, a Raya. It says that the, these people can, are selling things for that people have a need for them, they could sell bitzin or And Rabbi Yossi says that, however, the merchants in Tveria, they were machmir not to sell any of their stuff, they shut down. Um, the trappers of uh, wild animals, birds, they can fish, they can do that bitzino and litzor But uh, Rabbi Yossi says that Nako, they did they were machmir on themselves not to do it uh, at all. They were closed for business. Also, the dishushi, or the people who are breaking it up into half of the coarse granulation, medium and fine. Okay, we'll see what those are. Uh, they can do so privately, quietly, for the needs of the moid. Rabbi Yossi says, in Sipori, they were shut down. They didn't work on Cholamoid. They were machbar themselves, uh, not to do it at all. What is chilka? Chilka is one kernel of wheat broken in two. It's cracked wheat into two. Or Targus is cracked wheat into three, and Tisni is cracked wheat into four. But Rav Dimi argues, and he says that it's actually spelt. So the question is, if it's the cracked wheat cases, so then um, I understand why it's Tomei, because you wet it first in order to make you to in order to process it. But if you say it's um, it's uh, it's spelt, why is spelt uh, better? So. Um, it, uh, why is it uh, uh, why is it kamakam? So the Gemara explains that uh, that it's peeled spelt. Okay, it's pearl, like pearled barley. So that's a different story. One second, I'm just mute over here. Okay. Um, so basically, it also is subject to hexer of of tuma. Subject can become tamate because it got wet. Now. Um, next, we said that uh, what, the word chilka, how does it apply to it? Because it's like the, the clothing, the garment is removed, the, which is, uh, that's what it is. It's pearled. Okay. Next, we had a question. If somebody says they vowed not to have dogon, so he's not allowed to have even um, things that are very similar, bread products that are even <laughs> gluten-free bread. It sounds like it's also included. Um, but because it looks like bread, okay, uh, I guess uh, made even if it's made from bean, you know, bean flour. Um, but you can have fresh beans; that's fine. Um, rice is fine. Um, but uh, he's and and the cereal, the the cracked wheat, um, that pro, no, you know, that also is fine. Now, if you say it's that's what it means, so then I understand what's fine. But if it's spelt, why would it be fine? So the says, you know, that is a kasha on the spelt version. Okay. Next, we saw as Rav Huna allowed the the this krufaisa, uh, which is the people selling psalmim, to sell in the regular way on the marketplace. So Rav Kana asked, "How is that allowed?" Uh, even stores, they only if they don't open to the front, they open to the side street, then it's okay. But if it opens to the front, you only open one door, and only erev yamtif of of the chag, the last days. So then they open it up and adorn the place because to help people get ready for covered yomtif of the last days. 
but uh, in general, not. So the Gemara says the difference is what are you selling? If you're selling Paris, so then there's a concern that maybe they're buying things for all year long, meaning just to have, they're just going shopping to stock up, even for after Yomtev, which is not appropriate. But if it's the type of foods that are, you know, short, you know, the, the, the short uh, shelf life, so then they're clearly buying it for Yomtev, and that's a different story, and that would be allowed. And that is where we left off. And we'll take it from 